<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, um, no, man, freaking just, just, you know, another week working, man. Freaking, uh, got my, uh, got heard back from my insurance company. My car that was stolen has been recovered, has been looked at by the insurance. It's unofficially been totaled. Ah. So, looking to get that. I uh, had to turn over the car to the proper authorities. No, I just, had to turn it into the insurance. So just waiting to hear back from them that everything is good to go, and then they will cut me a check so I can get a new car. Cool. Sorry that happened to you, man. Uh, did, a little yeah, research it is. On, <laughs> did a little research on it, but um, Subarus and uh, Kias right now are, some places are just flat out refusing to insure them because of the ability to simply be able to steal them with a uh, USB drive. Yeah, oh, definitely. My uh, Apparently my Hyundai was also in there as well. So it's, it is what it is. You know, I will shop wiser now that I have that information. Just thank God you weren't in the car. I don't think they would try to steal it if I was in the car. No, oh, you never yeah. know. Could have so, gotten they, they were waiting for a car to be there all alone. Yeah, they, uh, that happened to my sister a couple years ago. Uh, Robin lives in uh, Memphis, and she always says, can't have shit in Memphis. She's been saying that since before she... Ah, damn. Uh, we're a priest of Buelo friendly. <laughs> two. Two. <laughs> two. Ah. ah, Daredevil number one is coming. Daredevil number one, man. Hey, you never know, man. You never about know. Have to have a hot boy summer with some Daredevil number one. You never know, because... Honestly, because of the minefields rules and the Joshua Michael uh, kismet, I seriously could not, in good conscience, bump into, you know, we got Punisher for pretty cheap, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I seriously could not, in good conscience, land on a, a Daredevil number one. And not give it to you. No, of course not. The way we're going right now, you basically, basically at least paid off like three quarters of it in theory. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Glad we got this going, man. Uh, we've had Only a four hundred more dollars. Uh, oh, you never know, the way, man. The way the way you swear I could have that before Forbidden Door, just coming up in nine days. You could have had it last week. Like that. We didn't do a boiler friendly, man. I was on the jazz after that freaking dynamite, man. Yeah, no, it was a it was a good show, freaking. 
definitely a definitely a better feel being there live. I will admit. Yeah, it was nice, man. It was nice, and like we talked about last week, man, it was nice to have to wor- not have to worry about freaking production or mm-hmm. anything else. Of and... Tickets sold, anything like that. Yeah, nothing like that. We just had to show up, say what's up. And I'm glad y'all have uh, the family time for the for the wrestling. That that's really cool, man. Like I, I dig it, man. Yeah, no, man, you gotta, you know, you gotta make that time. That's for sure. Shoot, freaking. So had a had a good time had by all then. Like I said, my only real knock on the product live was freaking that poor excuse for a merch stand they had. Oh, so sad. And we all had money for it. Yeah, dude, I had I had a hundred dollars in cash in my pocket to spend just on merch. And freaking it's sadly still sitting in my wallet. They lost out on the Morales Hundo. I was basically yeah. there for the taking. Yeah. Dude, they didn't even have a Mox shirt. How do you, how do you not have a freaking shirt for John Moxley on your freaking, just hanging there? Yeah. Like, I, I get it for other people. Like, you know, they should have stuff for, like, your Keith Lees, your Dustin Rhodes, your freaking, like, like I don't, they had, like, what, an MJF shirt, an Elite shirt, an AEW shirt, and, like, two or three other ones. And I was like, and the acclaim, the acclaim definitely had a shirt, but they didn't even have the freaking the popular one that's all over the place. They had this like knockoff T-shirt. Yeah, they had some bush league knockoff. That MGF shirt was garbage, man. Freaking yeah. uh, our our ref Buster has better merch than that, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was abysmal, man. Like it just like like that. You're you're you have a captive audience handing you money. Mm-hmm. And you didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, and that was a big deal. Uh, I, I don't remember bringing this up on the show last week, but the fact that there was that decent of a crowd in Colorado Springs as opposed to Denver, and they still gave us a like a raucous show as opposed to like mm-hmm. giving us their bush leaguers or not as good guys because it's not Denver, and you know give those guys a break because it's the Springs. They didn't do that to us, and there was still such a good crowd there the night that the Nuggets were playing in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not wrong, man. It was a, it was a good show, freaking. It was, you know, like I said, the only thing I knock on, really, is the freaking, just the like, yeah, yeah. You merch was should have like that should have been freaking, fifteen twenty shirts, and there was like five. Dude, freaking Mariah and Candy would have would have would have slang like two grand for them that night, man. Like, they would made that, mm-hmm. like, like their little setup that they had there was, mm, with us, man, but even then, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we talked a lot, you know, just talking about the show beforehand, but uh, one of the things that, you know, we were talking about, like, there's a lot of things that went on this week, things that kind of didn't make no sense. Uh, real quick, um, I got my promotion. This is my first time in years being able to come home, settle down, make dinner, sit down and see Monday Night Raw live and Dynamite live and be caught up before the freaking show. And so I kind of had yeah. the, those rose-tinted glasses on. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of weird things that happen. But I got to tell you, man, of all the things that we've been discussing this week, uh, the hierarchy of the belts, because we were talking about how AEW is really just, you know, WCW in Scooby-Doo disguise at the moment. Um, 
Yeah, I mean that's yeah. They've they've got stuff going on, and there's there's really really good stuff, and there's really bad stuff, and it's just like it just a lot of it doesn't make sense. You know, like you said, we were talking about the uh, the FTW belts, and Oof. you were like, you know, I'm just not a fan, and I was you know it was like the reason behind it is there's no there's no reason to have it. It doesn't mean anything. It's the the uh, the, line, the the whole story with the belt was that it, Taz unveiled it because he could he didn't win the ECW world title so he came up with his own world title and it was basically the launching pad to build Taz or to solidify Taz as a world champion in ECW and it had had like I think five or six world champions during the duration of the belt like he had lost it to South he had like he had beaten up Sabu, then put Sabu over him so Sabu could win the belt. And they had a couple. Maybe, I don't think I think Sabu was the last one in the original ECW. And then it was like Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, and now and now Hook. Yeah. And like, but like the whole thing is, there's no reason to fight for it. Like, if you win it, you're the FTW champion. But that's kind of it. Morales and Jr. Like could make these... his own belt and show up at a AEW show or mean more than that that belt alone. Yeah. But uh But yeah, I mean back in the day it was like you know, in WWE back in the day, you know, the belts had meaning. You know, you'd start out, you know, if you were newer, you'd go for like the European belt. And if you really proved yourself at that, you would move up to the Intercontinental belt, which was like the workhorse type championship. I love that. Give you us know, some... and that had been instilled since freaking, you know, that really solidified itself with Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man at WrestleMania 3. Because mm-hmm. that was like, oh, my God, that was like the match to watch. Correct. You know, you know, the, 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 you know, the fans came for Hogan and Andre. But like the the quote unquote real wrestling fans, and I used the bunny ears, it was all you know that was that was their match, you know, and it solidified throughout the years that like the the workhorses would go for they would be in the Intercontinental Champion, you know, go for the Intercontinental Championship, you know, you had Shawn Michaels, you had Bret Hart, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Cody Rhodes, you know, all these guys, you know, all you know really established this belt well, as regal. meaningful you know Seth Rollins at the time um Finn Balor you know if you were like a, a workhorse you know guy Kurt Angle Benoit Guerrero Jericho in China Edge Jericho you know all those guys it meant something you know those those people would use their work rate to elevate the belt and you know if you really cemented yourself as a outstanding intercontinental champion you could move up to the main event, you know, with guys like The Rock and Stone Cold, Triple H, again, Angle, all those guys, Michaels, they all established themselves at that second-tier level and then moved up to your main event. Correct. You know, and, and, you know, if you were watching for any extended period of time, you could see that elevation of guys over time, and, you know, watching that rise meant something. You know, that's why it meant something when freaking Eddie Guerrero won the belt. Ooh. You know, or that first time Edge cashed in and beat Cena using money, you know, the money in the bank stipulation. It meant something because freaking you'd watch those guys for so long 
and you'd freaking you saw that elevation you saw you saw their wins you saw their losses you saw their pain you saw their struggles mm-hmm. you know sometimes you know sometimes outside of the ring you know like you know the guys that have had trouble with the law or trouble you know with drugs you know per, you know personal demons and whatnot you know they came back and they freaking they did overcame it. that stuff they freaking you were, you were did it. you were there <laughs> yeah and you watched it and it meant something and like you know you can a lot of a lot of these belts don't have that meaning anymore you know we've got you know WWE's got two world champions two women's champions two mid card belts you know at least the tag belts are you know they're two sets of tag belts but they're both held by the same two guys who rule by the way and i was like mentioned earlier like okay so it's the world heavyweight champion seth Seth's got that, uh, and then Reigns has the undisputed Universal. It's like it's like uh, like what little kid is like making up these tag rules as they go along? Like like that like that's basically Infinity Plus One. But then this guy over here is the World Heavyweight Championship, which, which we've all known and respected since we can freaking remember um, that. World heavyweight, those two worlds words meant something, and then but like, how do you even compare that to undisputed universal championship plus one times a million? Uh, like, all right, <laughs> don't make no sense, but let's have some fun. Yeah, it did. You can't have you can't have two number ones. No, you cannot serve two like, masters. It, it, it's it's yeah, it's nobody nobody wins. Like freaking they've. They they shot themselves in the foot at Mania. They they really should have just put that belt on Cody Rhodes. You know they should have freaking. You can't it's you can't have somebody. You know you can't be like oh nobody can beat this guy so we're gonna give you this other world title. Why? You should make you know the whole story is based around somebody overcoming Roman Reigns. And if nobody can do it, then freaking he's just the champion forever, you know. But but you can't be like, hey, we need to we need to do this, but we can't. So here's your here's your here's your secondary prize over here, away from our actual number one guy. Yeah, but I like SmackDown a lot more, so that means it's better than what's going on in Raw. But dude over here is like. Raw's the main show. That's what it's always been. SmackDown don't matter. Um, that's not live, or it's live enough. Um, it's where do you draw the line? Like, like the, there's got to be a winner and a loser. Like, like the the more we talk about this, the more I feel it's more of these participa- participation belts. I, I don't know if I go that far, but you have to. The whole thing comes down to. You know, that whole, you know, thought process of, you know, back in my day. But really, it's the belts have to have a particular purpose. Like, AEW is real bad about that because you've got your world champion who's obviously on top. But then you've got all these other belts, you know, your international belt, your TNT title. Um, but what are their purposes? Why are they here? They, what's the hierarchy? Does the TBS belt, does the TNT belt mean more than the international belt? 
Does the international belt mean more than the TNT belt? If the international belt's as important as your world heavyweight belt, then why do you have both belts? Exactly. You know, they want to, they're trying to, I don't, I don't understand the story you're trying to tell with these belts. Like everything has to have a purpose that is readily understandable to the lowest common denominator. You know, I know people make jokes about wrestling fans not being smart, blah, blah, blah. And I don't believe that. That's not true at all. But on the other hand, you know, wrestling fans come in all shapes, sizes, and intelligences. So you have to make your stories to where anybody can understand them. In, and if, if people that have been doing this for a long time can't understand where you're going with it, why are you, like, I don't, I don't see the purpose of doing it other than having, self-appreciation. Having a belt. Okay, you've got a yeah. belt, bro. That's cool. Like, uh, uh, in in uh, forgive such a um, a base analogy here or metaphor, but you can't screw with the uh, the six year old mentality that we grew up with back in the eighties. Who's number one, Cobra or Joe's? Thundercats. Or the, you know, uh, Mumra. Like, like there was a, a clear hierarchy. Like, yeah. that, that, like, we we were raised on that hierarchy. Who's, who's number one? Yeah. And all these other people with these belts that, you know, keep getting thrown around and redesigned. And uh, in, in all fairness, it's been almost almost more than ten years since they did the big W. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that till the other day, man, when I was looking it up. But yeah, the uh, one of the things that really stood out to me about this, and what I loved about your argument here—not really argument, but like these great points you're presenting—is the fact that how it correlates to storytelling, and especially how each tier has a specific demographic attached to it that laser focuses in on, laser focuses in on it. Now, like I mentioned earlier, that there's dudes out there that just the Intercontinental Belt is everything to them. They've got all of them. Like, they show yeah. up to the shows. I never said it because it's never been the number one to me. Um, just because I we always want to be number one doesn't mean that that makes it less than, but their love for it, especially how you put it forward earlier, that that's the workhorse belt. The people that are about the Intercontinental Belt know that the people that it that laid the foundation, laid the cornerstone, laid the you know the 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 foundation. Yeah, made it mean it mean it means something, man. Like I said, something. those guys were. You know, if you held that belt, you were something. You know, Mr. Perfect was freaking the guy in the 80s with the belt. And, like, he, he was incredible, you know, and freaking, you know, you had your guys that were kind of in and out with it, you know. But, like, even even then, a lot of the guys that weren't, that held the belt that weren't the best wrestlers were often involved in the best stories. You know, like, Ultimate Warrior held it, and we all, everybody's heard about, you know, how great of a wrestler he was and whatnot. Like, you know, he deep was lacking. 
But, a little bit. you know, when he, the reason Rest he lost the belt was he gave it up because freaking he had won the world title. And freaking he couldn't hold both belts. You know, that was that was a huge story. That was the the entire crux of WrestleMania six was champion versus champion, babyface versus babyface, Hogan versus Warrior, title for title. And that meant something. Love that. I love that. And back to the six year old in us, even as a kid we understood you can't have both belts. <laughs> you can't yeah. do that. Like, like, like we got to figure this out. And they understood that then. And now I don't feel that they understand that. And what I love what you, you've been paralleling me with here was what I was talking about earlier off camera was, you know, I made the analogy that, you know, that I'm into heavy metal. I'm into mm-hmm. EDM. Metal came from rock and roll. And... There's Elvis, there's the Beatles, there's the Stones. None of those people mm-hmm. are my forte. Am I stupid enough and ignorant enough to think that those guys suck? Absolutely not. I've heard their music. It's not my forte, but I do know it's good. The The execution's amazing. Uh, the heart behind it's amazing. What it, what it built and what it means to people is even more incredible. Yeah. But it's not my forte. And I was bringing up how that the hardcore belt is hands down my favorite WWE belt, the F belt, that's ever existed. I had so much fun with AHA. It was so ridiculous. But it was specifically made for people like me that like indie comics and horror stuff and freaking chaos books, you know, like 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 it it meant the world to me. And you know, I like dude, I bought that freaking DVD the day it came out. (laughs) well um, that's that's the thing though too is you know even then you know it was it was a comedy belt to put you know funny situations around and kind of give lower tier guys stuff to do but that was the whole point those were my dudes it had a point those were my dudes exactly that that it made my dudes relevant and yeah and it justified my love for them and then i'm not feeling any justification for Almost any of the belts that are right now, other than MGF. Yeah, I, I would say Gunther is doing amazing with oh, the Gunther. freaking inter, with the uh, Intercontinental title right now. But he he's he's a throwback to a different time. You know, they're really they're pushing pushing him hard, and you know, it really does seem like he's going to be the man to break the honky tonk man's record. And if he does, good for him. You know, but he he you know they're building him in a way that accentuates him and accentuates the title. Agreed. You know, at the same time, you can look at SmackDown and watch Austin Theory, and he's another guy on the roster. You could you could put that belt on anybody else, and it wouldn't matter. You know, the way they're, the way they're pushing Gunther and the, uh, the freaking IC title, it's, it's meaningful. And that belt hasn't been meaningful in a long time. Not since Cody, not mine. I would no, I, I would say the last time I remember it really being like kind of seemed like it was really pushed well was uh, the WrestleMania where they did Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. I think that was the last time they were in freaking um, New Orleans. Was it 30, 34, 35, something like that? Man, like that I'm pretty was pretty sure, but I couldn't swear to it. That was the most brutal WrestleMania I've ever sat through, man. We were hungover. 
we were so hungover we didn't even want to drink more to like take the edge off and we were sitting yeah. there for like six and a half hours like uh, mm-hmm. but um uh, uh, nonetheless um i'm loving the way that you're positioning it especially from what we've talked about for quite a long time about meaningful stories for the right people mm-hmm. and what's lacking is that the belts aren't meaning anything for anybody yeah and that's that's the thing you can't just throw a world title on somebody and be like oh you're the world champion it doesn't work like that the champion needs to make the belt the belt does not make the champion very very rarely can you have somebody start out horrible and build up to where it becomes meaningful like uh, when Santino Marilla won the IC belt when he was a fan in the crowd. And he beat him <laughs> In <Umaga>. the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And freaking Bobby Lashley helped him win it and all that nonsense. And like... That was a little fun still. Eh, I like the ridiculous. It was a thing that, it was, it was like a the thing that happened. I like the ridiculous. Yeah, but it... You know, like I said, when you're trying to build a title up to make it mean something, putting it on a guy in the crowd, not a good idea. Where were they? There, there were... They were in Spain. They were they were in they were in Italy. Yeah. It was a Milan miracle. And like Santino grew to be beloved. Of course. But they had to retool him and turn him heel and make him a complete comedy character. Like that was years of effort. As opposed to what they had originally they, they did that they didn't do that as a joke. That was done straight. Ooh. That was the whole thing that they did wrong. As they did, they it was not played off as a joke. It was not meant to. It was not funny. Santino with the Cobra. This was Santino Morella, legitimate fan in the crowd, debuted and won a belt. And then what did they do after he did all that work? They flushed him on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. They they killed him, and then they had to completely retool him because their idea originally didn't work. They basically new dated him. Because remember when the new day came out? They were freaking the gospel know, dudes. I remember they that were gospel dudes from the freaking from you know the south, basically. Yeah, minefielders, real quick, uh, just put us on pause and pull up the original New Day intro. It's it's a gospel intro, like, like they're like in the south mm-hmm. in a ba- in a Baptist church, and they've got like an all uh, African American you know choir clapping and doing like the 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 cheer we all know and love. But they they stopped showing that real fast. Yeah. And in but they kept the song or at least a little bit of the intro, and then of course Xavier, you know, and, and Kofi and Big E, you know, they under no circumstances let anyone ever tell you that these gentlemen ever accidentally succeeded. These guys worked so hard for that. Um, oh, they did. It's so but yeah. Hard WWE's for that. original idea for it was horrible, and freaking once they got a chance to retool it and tweak it, and again turned them heel and let them be basically the positive guys that were jerks. Oh yeah. Freaking that's when stuff started working for them. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's a huge thing in wrestling is freaking, you know, a lot of times the original idea is not the best idea. You got to take what you're given, tweak it, work with it. And hopefully you can come up with something that people will attach themselves to. It's one of the reasons why it was so much fun doing blockbuster because on the way there, we would figure out the spaces in between, and then I would connect it with the wrestler. Okay, what do you want to do? This is what we want to do. And then 
okay, well, I want to do kind of like, this is the character I'm thinking of, and this is where I think it's going in. Okay, cool. Use that in conjunction with this, and then boom, 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 boom. Uh, there it is. And it was a product everyone was happy with. Yeah. It, it integrated what uh, uh, big bosses want, what the office wanted, with the wrestler and taking into account that their ideas and their uh, meaningfulness and why they want to be that character all integrate it, it all integrated it, it was it, co- cooperative and but uh i i do got to tell you man uh you really got me on the jazz about thinking about uh using the idea of belts mattering uh in conjunction with each belt mattering to a specific demographic um, I mean, like, we do it all the time, man. Like, you know, Colin's the Marvel guy, you're the DC guy, I'm the indie guy. Um, we, we cover as many bases as we can, but yeah. each demographic matters. It, it, it always really bothers me when, and it's not their fault, you know, God bless them. Um, they, 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 even, I'm, I'm sure you encounter people that when they find out how much of an uh, expert you are on comic books, they might try to make conversation or small talk with you and, like, you know, what's better, Marvel, DC? Um, well, right now, uh, DC is better, but I don't want to tell you DC is better because you might be reading Deadpool, which I think sucks, and I don't want you to think that Deadpool sucks um, because that's the book that you're invested in. Um, that's not a conversation I want to have. Like, yeah. like I always try to give them a little bit of the rope. Like, you know, well, what are you reading? Oh, no, Deadpool's great, even though I don't think Deadpool's great. But I see the look in their eyes. I see the yeah. look in their eyes. Like, like, they're invested. And obviously they want a little bit of some validation. But the fact that they're, A, reading. <laughs> yes. Uh, supporting Uncle Ed. Uh, Muse. Kapow. Um that's what matters, and yeah, keep it up. Keep it up, and I'm not going to tell you that your favorite belt sucks. And I will. I don't care. <laughs> Too old at this point. I'm like, yeah, whatever. What am I, the nice guy? Be, be mad. Be mad. What am I What am I, the nice guy? No, I've always Somebody, Somebody's, somebody's got to do it. It's not going to be me. What was I watching the other day? I was like, okay, that's me, Morales. <laughs> uh, but, uh... Hopefully not Thelma and Louise. They die. <laughs> no, not Thelma and Louise, but at least they go out with a bang. But uh, freaking, it's when true. it com- comes to ridiculous, to uh, wrap up a little bit of wrestling here, when we were talking about how there was a lot of weird things that happened, like I'm watching NXT for the first time in like uh, probably four years, um, at least unprovoked. Um, uh, what was this gentleman's name? His name was Braun Breaker with two Ks, and I'm like, this is the st- stupidest name <laughs> uh like like we were talking last week about what names not to use like ace or diesel or axle or something like heavy machinery like or anything to do that's like that easy that you can lay eyes on at a like a mechanic shop sledgehammer jones um Brian... i don't know i'd i'd, I'd, I'd pay to watch a guy named sledgehammer jones it sounds pretty hardcore <laughs> It's not the worst name, in all honesty, Sledgehammer Jones. I would be happy to see Sledgehammer Jones if I was cruising through the South and I was looking for a hotel on the way to somewhere else, and I saw a sign outside of a, a convenience store that 
had a sign that said smokes, five bucks. I don't know what these smokes are, five bucks. Or just you, you pass a, a, a bar that just says beer. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Um, Sledgehammer Jones, same vibration. But, uh, like, Seth Rollins is laughing. He's got the, he shows up on camera. They don't even bother to have him show up. Like, I mean, it, like, it's especially, like, justify these fans, like, being there, especially when they're cheering as hard as they possibly can in front of higher stand projection screens or, or the LEDs that are making it look like there's more people there, which really chafed me. And, um, he shows up like probably in the basement of uh, what's it? What's this school called? The the the, bold, uh, no, the black and the brave. Black and the brave. He was probably in the basement. There was a there was a pool table and uh, you know a, a couple of arcade games and uh, have him show up. <laughs> like you, you're gonna you're gonna say yes. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, though, you're not gonna fly him all the way there just for a promo. Like if he's if he's coming, he's wrestling that night. Like you have to do something. Like I get it. I think it. I think it works because he's he's the world champion, and they're in the minor leagues. It's knowing your role. Like he he knows who he is. That was that was always one of my biggest issues with AEW. Is guys would be wrestling for the world title on Wednesday night, but Monday night they're having competitive matches on dark with freaking guys that aren't in the Fed. I, I, Scorpio Sky did that. He wrestled some guy who nobody knew on Monday, had a competitive match with him, and then that Wednesday went out and wrestled Chris Jericho for their world title. He should be murdering fools if he's wrestling for your world title. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I don't, I don't care if it's a top indie guy. If you're unsigned and you're wrestling the guy who's wrestling the world champion, you need to freaking get the crap get out of you. I say, Seth Rollins is a big deal. He needs to be treated like a big deal. I say, rather than agree to disagree, we agree to agree on certain points. You are correct. If you can recognize the fact that last week at Dynamite, how much I was chafed about how many things were not shown to the fans... Uh, camera wise in terms of like respecting the respecting the people that actually you know showed up to the freaking event and I mean yeah they, they popped Seth Rollins on the screen um, they're there supporting like an indie of an indie and yeah. and okay he does have the clout to not have to show up okay but if these people are supporting something so wholeheartedly, bring Seth Rollins in. Fly him in. He'll be gone half the day. Give these people... Yeah, but that's, that's time away from his wife. It's time away from his kid. That's a, that's a big deal. Like, the guy's got a life. He's got a life outside of wrestling. Like, that's, that's time away from his family. <sighs> You always pull. The, uh, you've been watching the Fast and the Furious way too much lately. You... No, I just live that life. <laughs> <laughs> like every time, no, I, I mean, every time I bring up something like, like nah, nah, family, like ah, he's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's the thing. I mean if he if he's gonna if he's able to do a promo, cool, it gets exactly what you need across. Plus, 
it makes you buy because that, that they run to the same place every week. That's gonna make you buy a ticket to next week's show because now you have to see Braun Breaker versus freaking Seth Rollins. You know, man, I'm not gonna budge on this one because this is Tuesday. This isn't freaking Thursday when like he's got to pick his kid up from freaking daycare. This is like the day after Raw. He can still be there and cater to some people that are trying to support them things and and help and really. Like you bought a ticket to NXT and you got more than your more bang for your buck. Uh, you got Baron Corbin in the main event. Which more do you want, dude? I hate Baron Corbin. Man. There, there's your there's your there's your main event Raw superstar. Baron Corbin's in your main event. I just lost my freaking. He's argument. wrestling one. He's arguing. wrestling one of your top talents. And Baron Corbin is a freaking. He is in the best shape I think I've ever seen him in. No, he's great. I, I just lost my freaking argument just exposing myself just that I, I've never liked Baron Corbin. Yeah, and you're wrong about that, too. He's amazing. Baron Corbin's a... Dude, he is a heater. Freaking Baron Corbin. Go, he's one of the few guys you... Like, he is the guy for NXT. He is the equivalent as if Ring of Honor would have been smart when they hired Enzo and freaking Big Kaz. And they lost that. Him. York show, yeah. Well, not even they, they lost showed up, up, but they they pissed off New Japan because they didn't tell they them didn't they were there. Tell them they were. How could you not do that, dude? Yeah, and they freaking because if those guys would have come, what you should have done, those guys should have come in in their first match. They should have won the tag titles, and it would have been wrestling versus sports entertainment. And everyone and, and and those guys are and those guys turn around and they freaking hold the belts for like six months and they never win a match clean. They always screw over everybody. Not to mention the fact it would have been so much money. The crowd would have known what to do right away. <laughs> exactly. You know what to do. Like that that Rogan bit where he's talking about pro wrestling and he's like, who here doesn't like Ric Flair? And he holds the mic out and everyone goes, whoa! And he's like, we didn't rehearse that. You know what to do. <laughs> Exactly. You know what to do. And, that, and it is, and that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that. that there is, is nothing if you wrong can, with If it. you can con, if you can get people that far behind you that they know your catchphrase, or they know what you do. You're doing something right. I guarantee you, there would have been dudes that freaking hated Enzo and Cass that would have been doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that would have yeah. been doing it. Yeah. Uh, Everybody knows the stick. Everybody knows who and what they are. Everybody knows who and what they represent. If they would have freaking, if they would have been able to freaking hang out, ring, they they in theory might have saved Ring of Honor because people would have paid money to watch them lose. I and you only give it to them at the right times. That's how you make your money. Pick and choose. Either you either you become super loved, or you become super hated. It's one of the reasons why I was so over about Spidey 2099 last week was because they picked and choose what to do with Miguel so perfectly, mm-hmm. like like yeah. pretty much ever with Miguel. Like, 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 did you not pop when he showed up in... Yeah, no, I was down. Yeah. He's one of the few uh, Marvel Legends action figures I own. Uh, Chad bought that for me for my birthday because he knows how much I love Miguel. Um, nice. But, uh, for, uh, yeah, uh, guys, if you don't know this, you need a Chad in your life. Uh, the Chad Donut, one of the best dudes we know. Can't wait to go to the freaking Comic Con. 
But uh, any other silliness uh, this week in uh, the wrestling that you can uh, point out? Uh, here's one we haven't talked about. We got a uh, a new Impact World Champion as of last Friday night. Freaking Alex Shelley won their world title. Nice. Freaking uh, beat Steve Macklin. Freaking uh, it was a good good show. Freaking they had. Um, saw a lot of people coming back. We have Mike Bailey returned. He's been doing the uh, Ooh, speedball best. At, Best of the Super Juniors. Mine feels the lum, baby. Yeah, freaking, um, well, yeah, no, uh, Saban won the X-Bell, so it's interesting to see what they're going to do with Motor City Machine Guns now that they're, uh, both have belts, but they're both singles titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Aldis, no more contender, so it should be Nick Aldis versus Alex Shelley at Slammiversary. All this is a god. But, you know, my, uh, you know, my personal opinion you know, grain of salt and all that, but uh, I think Impact's the most complete product in wrestling today. <laughs> Callus is lepping all the way to the bank, baby. <laughs> all the way to the bank. Callus ain't involved in it at all anymore. Are you kidding me? How how far have I been in like out of this? That's been like years. It's been okay. So when it's, he, it's been he, a left, he left there and went to AEW. Well, I thought they were both like, doing it at the same time. That's all, Scott. No, that's Scott Diamore. Okay, so uh, I need to run things past you before the show starts so I don't sound like a dumbass and I pay you that dollar gleefully. Boom, three. Three. You're, I mean, you're right, but yeah. Freaking, uh, but yeah, no, Scott Demore's in charge. Freaking, you can tell because of the massive influx of Canadian talent. <laughs> we were talking, they hey, Belanger. They're basically, they're basically the top fed in Canada right now. Our boy Belanger said that's why he watches it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. Ah oh, man, that'd be that'd be so cool to just show up in Canada, man. Yeah, I mean they're freaking. I mean they're running. They just finished a, tour, a loop through there, freaking their last set of TV tapings. Um, but yeah, they're freaking. I think personally, I think it's the most complete product. I just, in all honesty, if they could, I just, if they could get on a better TV network, they'd be. They'd have a freaking much more of a stranglehold on the U.S. market than they do. Like, I don't think they're going to, you know, jump up to the, you know, AEW or WWE right now, obviously, but right. I think it would definitely it would definitely help them to get on a more prominent TV network. It's been, what, like, freaking six years since Axis was, like, Axis, we'd be watching AXS to watch uh, Impact, and then... Uh, New Japan uh, simulcast, not simulcast, uh, reruns were like like what, what like a week late with uh, Jim Ross and uh, Josh. Was it Barnett? Barnett. Barnett and, yeah. Yeah, Barnett, uh, who does blood yeah, sport, by got, the way. They still got Kevin Kelly, and they're still on there. They still follow Impact. Yeah, but at the same time, right. we also had Lucha Underground on El Rey at the same time. Uh, like, that was... Ooh, I miss, I miss that a lot. But... Yeah. Uh, Neither here nor there. Any other silliness? Uh, no, I think as far as wrestling goes, that's pretty much it. Nothing, nothing too crazy to report as far as really anything else or wrestling at the moment. I think we've hit everything big. I wanted to hate on the Young Bucks. Go free. Man, like, just watch it, like, just super kick after super kick, and it was like... 
It was like a love tap fest while like Hangman is running over people. Like like Hangman like like it was like watching any match that Mox is carrying in the past like ever in the past like eight years. Um, Hangman yeah. carried that match. He was knocking the absolute crap out of everybody. And then you'd watch these little love taps with the the young bucks where they were gonna scuff their freaking MJs, man. Um, I'm I'm sick of that. I'm 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 it, it. The more they do that, the more it makes me hate my love of Bullet Club when they were in it. Like it makes me feel yeah. it makes me feel like I'm watching an ex girlfriend date like the Diet Coke version of me, and and just just go down some awful spiral. Like what are you doing, man? Like I don't care about your shoes. I don't care about your freaking gear. I want to see some wrestling. Hey, man's out there holding the match, and you're there love tapping people. Like what are you doing? Yeah, they just they bore me. I at this point in the day, I just if they're on, I just turn the TV off. I don't care. Dude, like I, it's just it's just not I as much as I as much as I enjoy and love the freaking BCC, which again, they didn't even have a BCC shirt at freaking ooh, the yeah, show last week. That's a good point. Uh, they didn't even have their be real shirt. I was like I, I had planned on buying that one. They could have but, um, in in and for all you indie Fed owners out there, find a dude that knows how to work fonts. Because if they would have found one good font with BCC on it and printed it big, Tony Morales would have bought that. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it had somebody's blood on it. Just saying. But, yeah, freaking, you know, as much as I love the BCC, I think that group is the best thing in wrestling right now, probably, in my personal opinion. Oh, I, I do but, love um, the BCC. Uh, but, the, yeah, I, I, would, I, would rather, I would rather not watch them than watch the Young Bucks. Uh, last thing I think about wrestling, man, uh, we've got Forbidden Door. We got that, uh, in the Bleacher Report, uh, can. We got coming up, uh, next Sunday, but we got a collision. Yeah, we got collision this Saturday, then freaking, uh, Forbidden Door next Sunday. And. So it'd be interesting to see what, uh, what last minute things pop up before freaking before freaking uh, Forbidden Doors. Tony Khan always announces something last minute. So. We'll see. Uh, my Which notes. reminds me, funnily enough, I think this is the first time in a month Tony Khan has a, some, had some mysterious announcement on Dynamite. <laughs> What'll it be? Uh, no, he's gonna come out and what get the gear crowd is CM Punk gonna wear at the next show? Yeah, what different ringer with the, uh, the hands crossed? We'll see. Uh, the one thing, uh, in my notes here was that, um, I'm looking here, Doctor Who, and the logo just don't make no sense because they don't ever reference it. But, uh, back to the WCW reference here is that, it's cheap pops. Like, uh, it's a cheap pop. Like, tonight when, um, uh, what's his name? Keith Lee comes out. Of course I popped with that. He's he's with Orange Cassidy. It was a great time. But then after the after the match, it was like, it was like a one-night stand. <laughs> like, um, I'll call you sometime. Yeah. I mean, dude, they've been freaking, 
they've been dancing around this feud with him and Swerve for months. He started up a whole tag team with Dustin Rhodes. Why? Like, why do those two guys, why are those two guys teaming? Why is Keith Lee not on a tear? Because freaking he's trying to fight through everybody to get to Swerve. Like, there, there's so much missed opportunity there that's like, you're kind of missing an opportunity to make a star for some reason. Man, like, I just don't see the. I don't see the point. You and I could write and create a new belt, the fat guy belt, and get it over just by careful planning and slow execution. The husky weight belt. The husky belt. <laughs> no, the husky. It's the husky weight belt. The husky weight belt, man. It says so on the inside. That's you know where when your your mom bought you the husky pants back at Kmart in '86. You're not fat. You're husky. We could we could sell the husky belt. That wouldn't even be that difficult. Nope. Slow burn. Correct writing. Find the right people. Hey, everyone loves a good fat guy, man. Because then you get a fat guy dance. You get a fat guy dance and a fat guy spike. <laughs> exactly. Not necessarily in that order, but um, still a lot of fun for wrestling, man. It's uh, man, we went through a lot. Mm. That's true. All right. Yeah, maybe it's uh, about time we get to some comics. I agree, man. What do you want to do first? Uh, Freaking. Uh, we got what's in the box. We got what's in the box real quick. I'm going to run through the list where we're going to go to. We got Batman Incorporated, number nine. Superman Lost, number four. X-Men, number 23. X-Men for the final fall. First Strike, number one. Ski. In Hell We Fight. That's the name of the title. I'm not getting a boyless struck on that one. I'm still at three. And Peacemaker tries number two, and I'm probably going to add eight more on that one accidentally just from the content. But what's in the box? Uh, you first. Are you sure? I am Positivo. All right. I, I am full-blown Positivo. Okay. Let's if do you it. think that's a good idea. So as uh, it was already stated earlier, I qualify myself as a DC guy. Yes, sir. And uh, particularly, I'm a rather big Batman fan. Oh. And I also like uh, Silver Age books. Okay. So, if you remember correctly, when we did the uh, the One Bad Day books, which we went through all of them, the one I had the least love for was the, uh, the Riddler book. Yeah. But that does not mean I don't like the Riddler in and of himself. So I actually have here from, uh, I don't remember the year exactly. I should have looked it up. But I have the first, actually, see, it's Batman issue 171. The first Silver Age appearance of the Riddler. Oh, that's gorgeous. Oh, that's, hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Dude. That's four. Uh, that's, that's a it's all worth it, man. Congrats, man. That's a, that's a gorgeous game. If you don't mind, let me, uh, what what condition is that bad boy in? It's, a, it's pretty good, actually. Pretty uh, pretty solid, I would say. Yeah, you got it. Uh, no real spine ticks to, yeah. to look at. 
especially back in the day when they had these uh bad stables you know, these pinks pinks covers and whatnot yeah but still like that's just such a classic cover man that's awesome yeah got one more uh, one of them one more silver age first appearance which is always enjoyable well, congratulations on it, man. That's awesome. I, I, I'm happy to celebrate that with you, man. Uh, I am. I I have been. I have been. I've got. That's from 19. Actually, that's not 19. That's not what. 1940. 1965, March 4th. Um, I have a nefarious plan to get you hooked on some McFarlane action figures. I can't. Uh, what was it the other day? Freaking! I was looking at. I found some of the uh, the timeless Alex Ross covers, and I found several of them. And I was like, oh, if I do this, I have to get all of them." So I had to turn it away. Oh, you're talking. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, those, those freaking those white background. Oh, the white Alex background. Ross covers. Yep. Yep. There's like twenty of them. <laughs> yeah. He luxurious, dude. Amazing. By the way, uh, rest in peace, John Romita Senior. Man. Oh yeah. No, definitely. Junior, Junior. Uh, uh, God bless you and your family, and I hope y'all are doing well. And I hope things, you know, ended in uh, a spot that you all found some peace and things are going well. And uh, thank you for everything your dad gave us, especially you. <laughs> and um, and uh, there are so many good tributes. Um, his Craven cover. Oh, man. Yeah. Ooh, that was juicy. But um, my what's in the box is also some first appearances. I've mentioned I am only missing one. Uh, I am uh, my spawn number one collection. I have quite a few. I okay. have uh, what I think is a 9.8. Zero creases. Um, my original one. Uh, director's cut from uh let's see a couple years ago this is the 25th anniversary one uh then i've got the 30th anniversary blank cover i've got the reprint from the the half reprint but like a, a, a kind of a a bit of a um news story from the uh first todd toy uh image first spawn number one and then the free comic book day number one and then the creme de la creme um the uh, Mokia exclusive 3D one. Thanks to Mr. Jeff. Nice. 3D print. Even the uh, freaking uh, 3D glasses inside have the Spawn logo on it. The only one I don't have. Oh, uh, I've got the uh, newsstand one with the proof of purchase. Uh, you have one of those too. Um, <clears throat> is the black and white. Oh, okay. Actually, there's two, and there's only one of the other one. There's the black and white one, which really chapped me because Todd said no variants, and there was a black until and white. Until there was money to be made. Until there was money to be made, and then there was the, I think there's only one or two in existence of the uh, the black ink on the cover didn't didn't stick well. That's the, the rarest one. But pretty, oh, pretty gotcha. proud of my spawn. You know how much I love anything McFarlane. Nice little collection. 
And uh, I was kind of mourning the other day that I don't have anything on the wall uh, that is Todd signed, but I've got the. Uh... Uh, do I have it? I forgot I have. And I've kept it in this sketchbook for safekeeping for quite a while. When my letter got printed in spawn number 97. Was it 97? Hold on. I always get confused. Which one is it? Let me just check. It's on the wall. I'm correct. Number 97. When I wrote my letter, I got a letter back from Todd's secretary thanking me for my letter. Even though I was completely crapping on what was going on at Spawn in the moment. This is like uh, graduation year, so this was spring 2000. But they sent me a flyer for the McFarland collection of the Mark McGuire balls, the three that got him all across the country to all the uh the different uh stadiums and got to do batting practice but i got the signed flyer i do have todd's signature oh nice i do have todd's signature they they at least gave me something and he did it nice man it's funny like uh have you have you ever seen like a standard signature like you know that this this is this person's signature and then seeing them sign something when they really, you know, didn't put their whole butt into it. Yeah. Nah, he he put his he put his whole butt in this one, man. And it's going on the wall. Awesome. Only makes sense here in the cocoon. I mean, you know, Uncle Todd's signature somewhere, right? Yeah, we got some good books. Uh, need to take a break. Or are we doing good? Uh, let's take it. Let's take five real quick. Yeah, let's take a little quick five. Don't stop recording. We'll be right back, guys. We are back from a quick little break. Ski there, uh, getting straight in some comics. Uh, amazing stuff last week. Obviously, we're bringing you uh, the good stuff from last week on your way to the Fed, your local. Uh, make sure you uh, pay the piper. Make sure you uh, pay for the books you told me you're gonna get. But, um. Forgive me, I'm going to start with a new image number one, and I got, when I say forgive me, I'm not an image number one, like, speculator, only focusing on what's going to be the next saga or ice cream man. I just happen to be always be right, and uh, I'm not right on this one, but it's a, it's a fun book. Uh, John Lehman has a new book called In Hell We Fight, exclamation point, and uh, Jock, J-O-K, which kind of confused me. Like, why would you land on that rather than the? It's a little too close, you know. We, uh, you've seen my uh, one Dark Knight poster. I've sold you on Jock for the past two and a half years. Um, yeah. J O C K, and we've got J O K here. A uh, couple of. Uh, so is he joke? Uh, yoke. Maybe he's Mexican. Maybe he's yoke. Maybe. Maybe. Argentinian, whatever. We've got a couple of different covers here. Written, lettered. Oh, lettered by John Lehman. Uh, art by uh, Yawk. Colors by Yawk and May. Created by John Lehman and Yawk. Sorry, Mr. Joke or Jock or whatever you want to call yourself. 
But um, interesting book, uh, Small Boy. We were talking in slavery times. Hates frogs. He hates them. Okay. He stomps a frog. He'll kick a frog. He'll hit it with a with a stick. He'll throw it across a field, but he hates the frog. And one day, the demon lord of frogs encounters him, eats him, drowns him, and he's straight to hell. Uh-huh. Now, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, it's fun. Uh, my uh, initial problem here is Mr. Yock, Mr. Jock, or Yoke, or whatever you want to call yourself here. Uh, you have obviously read too many Chew books. Um, now, Mr. John Lehman did Chew. Um, let me look it up, because I'm forgetting the name of this person here. The artist, Rob Gilroy. Normally, you want his yoke. Rob Gilroy. Rob Gilroy, creator and artist of uh, Farmhand, uh, did shoot. He's the one that did all of the artwork, and he snuck all these great little insider jokes. Like, you ever read a mad magazine and find, like, something little? You know, like... That just kind of makes you pop. He, yeah. He would, uh, Mr. Gilroy would sneak those things in the, into the artwork. And it was very whimsical, but very, very specialized. And he had his absolute own style. Like uh, the way that you and I can look at a cover of as Junior Junior. Yeah. Uh, and we're not just talking about just, oh, that's an Alex Ross. Like, um, why that is a uh, Stephen Hughes. <laughs> like, uh, right off the bat, and uh, Mr. Uh, not going to make any more jokes here, so I'm just going to say, well, pardon the pun, uh, Mr. Jock has modeled quite a lot of the art trying to be Mr. Gilroy. That is my major chafe here. Now, Layman here writes a pretty funny story. Uh, we meet these uh, new group, uh, Tremorit, here in Hell. We've got Midori, who is a Japanese... Well, I mean, I really can't say she's a schoolgirl. She's in a schoolgirl outfit, but you can never tell how old someone that's Japanese and a beautiful woman is because she's either 12 years old or 65. And uh, she's in hell, and she is looking to protect themselves, and they need a couple of extra hatchets. And uh, the the younger boy here, Ernie Comstock, he's got a hatchet in the back of his head. Whatever he did, he ended up in hell. Like, this kid's got to be freaking, like, seven. And he's in hell, and he's got a hatchet in the back of his head, and she needs more hatchets, and he just pulls one out, and one magically appears, and he keeps handing them to her. They're setting a booby trap up because they want some ice cream. And uh, the son of what appears to be a knockoff of Hellboy, the son of Hellboy, uh, he wants to be part of the team. Please let me help. 
we don't have a devil here, uh, Satanus. We don't have a Lucifer. We've got the Archdemon Lord Balafindir, who holds dominion over lands in hell that span multiple infinities, and all the people in hell will have to build effigies to him. And their gimmick is they are Scooby-Dooing it up to hijack some poor couple dudes little gimmick here of smuggling ice cream they hijack their their windowless van and now I know why we're not allowed to have a windowless van unless it's the A-team it only took four years unless it's the A-team but uh they, they are not carrying precious cargo of ice cream in hell they've got a kidnapped angel I have fun reading this. I gotta say, like, my love of um, Mr. Gilroy and the homage. I mean, how would you, would you, would you characterize it as an homage when an artist is doing artwork that is extremely similar to a particular writer who has had one dude doing all his best stuff for the past, like, like, freaking. Wow, it's been 13 years? No. Since two, 12? Since 2 came out? Um, and even trying to sneak in the little jokes. No. And it could be an homage, it could be a blatant ripoff. But even then, like, if, if you see that, like, it's distracting. Yeah. It, it's it's You're distracting. You're to what the original exactly like uh like when i saw that uh layman was doing a book like oh please god like tell me gilroy's doing it and i look at the art i'm like this isn't gilroy or it's like the soy base imitation of gilroy um it's not bad uh, i'm not hating on the art i'm just saying don't do the same thing <laughs> or try yeah because we notice and it was so distracting that this book could be the next big image book and I could be leading you astray and all you minefielders out there that this book is bad. Hmm? But uh, freaking don't listen to me. I can tell you that the, the story was solid. A little ridiculous. Well, that's why we sign up to read any John Lehman book. But I have some fun, and hopefully it takes off. I, I, I certainly wish the best. I'm not wishing bad on anyone to do this book, or uh, we're responsible for any of the artwork that is chafing me at the moment. But that's what I got on that one, man. Um, definitely going to call up Uncle Ed and make sure I got at least the first six, you know? Yeah. You know, got to get the first six at least for, like, you know, the, the, old, uh, the old try. But that's what I got on that one, man. Thanks for letting me start something off on a weird little indie book there, but you know how I am with my indies. Mm -hmm. What you got? But yeah, let's, uh, let's start off with X Men 23. Please do. Freaking. Yeah, we got a. Uh... So we started off with Dr. Stasis, and he is with uh, cloned members of his family. Got a wife and a child. And then at the end of dinner, 
he ends up killing them both. How's flipping that? off the switch. Flipping off the switch and they fall into their uh, platters of food. But behind him is uh, Mother Righteous. Ooh. And they have a fairly interesting conversation. And we actually discover that she, while she's not an exact clone of Nathaniel Essex, she is actually a clone of his wife. From before he became Sinister? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So she talks about how uh, it's kind of... how vile this masquerade is. As she lifts up what ends up being her own head. And they have it, you know, and by the end of this discussion, she makes it under no uncertain terms that she is, she never wants to see this happen again as far as him bringing back clones of her and their son. And she ends up punching him in the groin and kind of putting him in his place. Interesting, though, uh, before we get to the, uh, the the groin punch, he stops her from drinking the wine. There's, I, I just can't get past something so specific with Sinister. No. I mean, that might be how, how they died exactly. He might have just poisoned the wine. But, yeah, so we end up going back to to earth and there's a, a fire and the uh, firefighters are saved by the Iron Man Sentinel which is what they're looking to uh, this is you know their Orcus's plan to you know make this make them a little more popular by utilizing Stark tech and you know, using the face of a obviously recognizable superhero. Shout out what he used to be. Yeah, but the uh, the Sentinel recognizes that one of the firefighters is a mutant. Whether they actually are or not, I don't know if we were uh, ever truly told that. But the X Men come and help save the day, and they sink ends up getting punched into the ground, but fortunately. Uh, Wolverine, who's renamed Talon, ends up cinching with with his power and using her healing factor to save him. But they do eventually end up defeating the Sentinel, utilizing magic's teleportation powers as they just kind of chop him into pieces using the portals. And we end up going into uh, to Orcus. Orcus. And we discover this is all part of the plan to uh, make the make the humans fear the, the mutants by uh, using basically freaking you know that word of mouth basically to get them to understand how dangerous they are. How do you even and make it even worse? Yeah, you spread the fear. You make them seem like for you, you get more and more people to convince that mutants are something to be feared and they're different. Despite the fact yeah. that their their flowers are is a cure all, like like mm -hmm. from what I remember, that, early that, Hickman was like, 
you take the pill from their flower, cancer cured. This this fear, I'm I'm not seeing it. Like, you got to be used to the well, that, fact. Well, that's that... the thing, though. Is they they're the ones controlling it. The mutants are. So if they don't like you, they can take the pills away. And they have been doing so. That's a good point. Yeah, freaking, they, they're still more powerful. They can they can live forever because they have the ability to freaking, you know, if they die, they can bring them back. But they can't do that for humans. Only specific humans. If they want to. Yeah, the, the mutants hold all the cards. And what does humanity have to offer back? Their money. Nothing. <laughs> exactly. And how long does that once they once if mutants decide money doesn't matter, then they have nothing. You know they did the same thing in the Animatrix when the uh, the robots who were being exiled or just discriminated against, uh, they went to the most desolate part of the Sahara and started zero one their own their own colony that blossomed into their own city which blossomed into their own you know. Uh, city state and their what really chafed the humans wasn't the fact that they were existing was that they're because they started manufacturing the um the cars that that flew the flying cars yeah that had you know even safeguards for catastrophic uh, you know engine you know it's gonna crash but you're gonna be you're gonna be safe but zero one's currency became worth more than all of the humans. And I see that happen possibly with our uh, Mr. Scott Summers here, who is dangerously <laughs> hanging out, scantily clad on a beach with Miss Emma Frost. And I, I don't know about your exes, man, but if Emma Frost was one of my exes, you got a problem. <laughs> Of course, Dayton. He's been. I mean, he's been dating telepaths since he was fifteen. But That's still, one of the best lines. Ever. And not only that, we see her uh, conversing with the kingpin. I don't. I remember him taking off into the the sunset, uh, mm -hmm. at the tail end of everything that happened there in Hell's Kitchen. But I don't remember him yep. showing up. Uh, any of these books? Uh, any ones that you've read? Where uh, he he did show up. They showed up at. Uh, I think it was an X Men book, but they did. Him and because Typhoid Mary is a mutant, so yeah, he gets yeah. he gets in because of that. But uh, yeah, no, this is other than his initial first appearance where they landed on the island. This is the first time we've seen him since. You're but, uh, yeah, he's definitely got his plans. So we'll see what the what entails with the kingpin. Well, what's going on here with Emma and Scott? I mean, like no, they're ba they're basically just going over the events of what's been going on, and freaking you know Emma's still flirting with Scott as is her way. She's like, you know she lets he lets her know that Ms. Marvel died, and you know Scott, you know unfortunately doesn't uh, is unaware of it. You know and you know Emma obviously being a telepath and probably just with eyes is aware that Scott and Jean are going through a hard time right now. And freaking, you know, she walks away. She's talking about, you know, she's sorry to hear about them having issues because right now I think we need all the love we can get. 
and freaking you know, this is all heading into the fall of X, which is the next uh, big crossover event. And as long as so Emma, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Agreed, but as long as Emma isn't like the big catalyst, because remember what happened with uh, the um, not the Eternals, the um, sorry, headphones are pulling my hair. The um, gotcha. Why am I spacing on the name? Not the Eternals. Um, after the uh, Phoenix. The last Phoenix gimmick with the uh, Terrigen Cloud and the... Uh, That's the Eternals, the, yeah. The, no, it was the Inhumans. The Inhumans. And okay. she faked that Scott was alive for months. Scott was... Yeah. She can't be trusted. Like That's one of the things that like really puts me on edge about these X-Books, man, is that the Quiet yeah. Council, not one of them, like, like, it's like they, like, what's the worst of us completely? I mean, they had Sinister on there. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. what's the and worst Apocalypse. of us? And Apocalypse. Magneto. Sebastian Shaw. Um, the only foils I can think of are, like, you know, Hope and Nightcrawler. But even then, the, those two, like, represent their own little thing. And I, I really don't think any of them have the, the true blue, like, essence of the X-Men or what mutants stand for or their their peace or well-being like they're a bunch of freaking politicians and I'm I'm really looking forward to the the book that makes us all crash down like cuz this 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 is unsustainable what they're what they're mm-hmm. manif- like they've got the world um they've got Possible resurrection, or not resurrection, but reappearance of apocalypse. We we've got everything going on on Mars. Or, 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 for, for, forgive me, Morocco. Um, the human the human race knowing that these people can resurrect and fix things, and they're not. They just don't care. But can you can you blame them? Yeah. I mean, it's absolute power. It corrupts absolutely. But uh, I mean, the the big thing with the uh, with this is what the big thing I'm always worried about with uh, you know these big crossover events is always what's next. What happens afterwards? Is there anything that um, we keep from those stories that changes where we're at? I agree. I agree, and, and if it matters, get that, and it's important. I just, I mean, I, I just worry that. Have you ever been invested in like a huge story arc, like back in the day, when you only had like ten bucks to get into the comic store with? You're fifteen. Mm-hmm. Drop you off real quick, and you're invested in a story, and it just ends up in crap. That's what I'm. That that, that like, like we we always talk about butts and seats. The butts and yeah. the seats here are at risk here. There, this can turn into garbage. Oh, it definitely can. There's no doubt about that. It's just gonna. The one thing I do see with this is I think, I think we will hopefully get some long-term changes. But it'll be. 
what comes from it. You know, if it's going to be something that enhances the story long term. I agree. Uh, what, what are we on? Year three and a half of Hickman or what Hickman started? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. At least two, yeah, three years, I'd say. But we have two changes of the X teams already. I've gotten so bored. I've been so invested in these romance books. Gambit and Rogue and She-Hulk and... I mean, I was watching uh, Terminator the other day and I realized Terminator 1, the Terminator, is a, it's a love story. The whole thing's a love story. Really? It really is. Like, John Connor, in the future, sends Kyle back, gives the photo of Sarah to Kyle Reese. He falls in love with this effigy of a woman he's never met ever, volunteers to go back in time to save John at his bequest. They fall in love immediately. I mean, the, the, the story ends where we loved a lifetime in one night. It was a love story with, you know, a killer cyborg. It was great. <laughs> Hard sell on on the love story, but that was the meat and potatoes because that was most of the story. I mean, Arnold was barely in that movie for 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm not talking about two, I'm talking about one. But um, uh, help us out with uh, freaking um, next book, X book, uh, Before the Fall, First Strike. Yeah, let's see. This is where the uh, seems like the meat and potatoes really starts. Let's see here. So what, what's the what's the upcoming story? Fall of the Mutants. Uh, Fall of X. Fall of X. So we end up starting off in this uh, this town of Milford, just a regular run-of-the-mill town, until all of a sudden. Something something hits the town and destroys it. Something from space. And all these news reporters are talking about how the mutants are to blame. And you know, the X-Men, led by Bishop, end up showing up at this town and basically help send uh, help the people. They talk to the people. We have a a barrage of all levels of mutants helping their, you know, using their powers to benefit, you know, everyone from Cyclops and Iceman to triage and tempo. And they're trying to, uh, to help out while these, uh, on the outskirts of town, there are these, uh, people called the, the humans called the watchdogs that are trying their hardest to get into town and kill the X-Men because they're mutants and they don't deserve to live and they cause this even though they didn't and utilizing a combination of powers they are able to show that uh this mutant destroyed this town um was man-made and turns out it was made by orcus because of course it was of course it was you know and the, uh, the mutants turn, the X-Men turn this town around by helping them and prove their innocence. And the townspeople go out of their way 
to uh to, sh to tell people that the mutants are doing it or help or help them and weren't in that didn't cause this but the uh the outside world wants to hear what they want to hear and they keep blaming the mutants regardless of what the people of milford that were actually there have to say do they have any like video proof or anything like that or is it just something that was on the news uh something was on the news so while the people of milford are doing interviews and even the mayor is talking about the good that the x-men did it's it's all for naught and only turns more people against the x-men and we find out this was in fact the plan the entire time so even though you know the x-men saved the people of milford this is still constituted as a gigantic win for orcus like propaganda wise exactly they're using this to turn turn the world against the x-men and krakoa as a whole the whole continent just even did, did they did they mention the medicine even like they don't even care if they get it no they they care but it's it's all the they the mutants are using it to they're holding it over the people of earth you know you you can live another five years but only if we allow it there's no standing only for that. you can pay for it there's no standing for that your loved one's yeah. your loved one whether you're not I mean, that's one of the big deals that's going on right now. I mean, like, uh, one of the things I do love about the X-Men, they do incorporate, and it started, you know, just, you know, civil rights. And yeah. uh, my girlfriend today was like, uh, you're always itchy. You should go see a dermatologist. And I was like, <laughs> no. Uh, I do enjoy the fact that I have health insurance that most people would kill for. But I'm not going to utilize because it might end up in catastrophic, crippling debt and bankruptcy. <laughs> like I'm only going to the doctor if I like am dying. And these people know that there's something out there that can cure something with a pill because, uh, frankly, they've made the pills. Take the pill here, yeah. and they're saying no. That's a big deal. It's yeah. Propaganda be damned. I mean, it, it's happening. Five now? Four. Okay. No, that's five. <laughs> okay. Either way, I'll get there sooner or later. You get there sooner or later. I'll find you your daredevil number one accidentally. I got the kiss. <laughs> I got the kismet in me. I'm not paying for this. Until you are. Until it happens but uh, hey at least we got uh guys make sure you got uh the deals worked out with your buddies who paid for the last pay-per-view make sure it's taken care of for the next i'm really i'm really looking forward to forbidden door man it's probably my favorite one of the year other than all in or all out but now it's all in thank thank god yeah. we finally got that uh but anything else on the x-men no, no, that's it for the Marvel books for me for the night. How about what do you got next? I got uh, Superman Lost, man. Uh, 4 of 10. This is probably my favorite book other than Nightwing at the moment. Uh, we're still reminiscing. You know, we got Clark back on Earth. Uh, we've got him having nightmares and waking up 
Lois calming him down. I mean, he went from comatose dude standing in the living room for a couple of days, um, unresponsive. Bruce showing up. There's a problem. He's been gone for X amount of years, and she's trying to figure it out. And right now we're going through his memories of what he had to go through to get back to Earth. And we get to him chasing asteroids. Like, uh, he was chasing some uh, intergalactic dolphins that were wormhole chasers. They were able to jump through wormholes, and he was able to hold on, and basically he lost his grip after a small attack by some, you know, people that just saw him on an attack, and they, he, he lost his luggage. He lost his communication with Earth. He lost his communication with his, uh, his Jarvis, uh, equivalent of I was telling him how much air he had and how long he was going to last and uh, he's looking for his luggage he wants his suit back and we get back to the initial planet that he initially landed on landed on an issue too and he's got a house there and the kid that he met for like 10 seconds maybe 12 uh, and that second issue is like hey I, I snuck into the forbidden zone like this is oxygen, and I breathe nitrogen. He's like, put your mask back on. And why are you here? Well, uh, our main city is being destroyed, and we also have a problem that the planet they're on uh, isn't inhabited by, you know, creatures such as us that have the same intelligence, and there's people that are underground that believe that they have reached an oasis, and there's people that are above ground that are now being raided by the intergalactic space I don't know, like junk pirates that he initially encountered on his way when he first went through the wormhole and he fights him what are you doing here? you still owe me uh, X amount of money? And like, hey man, why are you doing this? Uh, this plan has to be gone in a couple of years, we're here to get some scraps these people live, they love, you know, they they go about their daily day, and I'm not going to stand for this. Now, Superman on this planet is, like, pretty much at a quarter of his power, because they're the red sun. And uh, he's still doing what he's got to do. And Sounds as, like Superman. And as he's standing up to these tiny little dwarves that are arguing that this place is basically fodder, we're here to get what's left. These ignorant idiots that we've told have months to live, maybe years, before their their son goes Nova. And you're defending them, and they're not doing anything about it. And he's like, yeah, I'm still going to defend them. And out of nowhere, we have a Green Lantern. Show up out of nowhere. The Republic in brightest day as you close the page. We've got a gorgeous alien. Uh, I think this is that uh, younger gal that we've encountered in the past couple, uh, what, year and a half? For Green Lantern. Uh, by the way, last Green Lantern, okay. Green Lantern number two was freaking fantastic. We had a split story with Hal. One, like it was a split between Hal and then the next story was um, Mr. John Stewart. I loved it. It completely encapsulated both of what they're going through at the moment. And the B story, even though 
It was John Stewart. It didn't feel like a B story. You turn the page, John awesome. Stewart. Not a B story. Not a B story. I love the fact that they're encapsulating that at the same time. Um, Daredevil was really good. Like literally planning to go to hell to save Foggy. And um, Venom has gone a little bit downhill, but um, Colossus, I only got halfway through. Uh, latest Spawn, it's dipping. But still gorgeous art. Todd's still knocking out of the park. Um, only last book I got is Peacemaker Tries. Uh, I'd say we go into Batman first, man. You got We were talking about Batman before we started recording, man. You had some great insights on that one. What are you drinking? That looks like that looks like some really good lemonade, man. It's just lemonade, yeah. It's that the Walmart brand that's hard to find. Is that is it that good like Brazilian stuff with the sugar? And the cream? I don't know. This Morales has the mad hookup. I'm not gonna question her, but it looks good. Yeah. But I know we've got a Batman has Batman Incorporated. Last issue we were inter introduced to a Joker Incorporated. And we start out in uh one of that is Argentina. And we get this uh we're at a bank. And Tap Dance Man has built to murder an entire place of uh entire bank full of customers where he gets a notice from the Joker. And, you know, Joker tells him to wait five minutes because he's discussing with uh, Ghostmaker and uh, El Gancho, I believe it is. Pull it correctly, El Gancho. There was a lot but of, like, there was a lot of L something in this one. We got El Gancho? Yeah, El Gancho, yeah. But they explained that they've got a, he's got his own team of jokers and Ghostmaker either has to break his promise to Batman and kill them or not only will they kill everybody else, but Joker will kill them as well. So either way, they're going to die. Either kill him or all the hostages die. Like, that's kind of gnarly. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's the Joker's plan to uh, utilize Ghostmaker to screw with Batman. And he spins a comically large wheel. <coughs> and we notice that the uh, all of the bat all of Batman Incorporated are all hunting down different members of J Joker Incorporated. And this is all across the world, right? This is. So they're in uh, they're in Australia, they're in I believe France. Party. They're in Argentina. Yep, and they're hunting down guys like, uh, like I said, Tap Dance Man, who ends up dying right then and there. Hunting down Charles de Gaulle in France. Uh, let's see here. Jiro and uh, Clown Hunter, I mean, like, they're basically f flying in um, <laughs> Speed Racer's car. If you go back to that oh. page, like they're, they're flying in like the Fantastic Four edition of the freaking uh, the Mach Five. It's gorgeous. Yeah. 
But yeah, they've already ended up killing uh, Red Wings, Raven Red's father. And they're hunting, they're, him and Clown Hunter are hunting down the, uh, the gentleman that did it. And they end up finding him as he shoots somebody that's with them in the head. So all the uh, all the team is trying to you know. Ghostmaker lets the team know what's going on, and everything they want, and how they're trying to figure out how to stop them before. You know, they either either they kill them or they die anyway, and they kill everybody else. I'm thinking this is just the trigger to get Ghostmaker off his leash. Well, that's the question. Does he end up? Is he going to end up breaking the rules, or is he going to uh, abide by the laws of the bat? He too easily subscribed to the laws of the bat while everything was going down in Fear State. Like he was ready to kill Clown Hunter straight off, like no questions asked. Like, like his ease of getting into this bat culture—that it's a family. Like, like. Without any repercussions of like even fighting back, uh, in in terms of, I don't agree with your politics. I don't agree with your way of life. Ghostmaker just said yes, and like you said earlier uh, off camera, like this is all Ghostmaker's money because Batman's broke. Yeah, so he's got he's got the cards right now. And freaking yeah, the last two are. Uh... Dark Ranger and Wingman are in here with Corvus Call, and they end up incapacitating him. But is uh, as Ghostmakers and saying uh, nothing with this, what's going on. He's letting them know Corvus Call ends up waking up because he's electrocuted, and he ends up stabbing right through Dark Ranger or Wingman actually. Oh, Dark Ranger. No, I actually think it is Wingman. Yeah, it's, it's Wingman that he ends up it's killing and stabbing through the chest. I'm looking at it. It's Wingman. And that's where the uh, that's where the issue comes to an end. I'm just feeling this is a hotbed, and we're building up to bats versus freaking Ghostmaker, but and all these great characters are gonna fall to the side, and then like in two years we're gonna get another Batman Incorporated, and they're gonna come back, and everything just built. I don't know, man. Like, I actually, I do. I I feel excited for all these Batman Incorporated characters, but I feel that they're just gonna get thrown to the side. Yeah, sadly, you're probably right. Uh, like, there's you know the the idea of Batman Incorporated makes a lot of sense. Why not? But like, you can't you can't you it doesn't lead to a continuous series because there's so many. There's constantly so many characters that it's hard to focus on one long enough to really build a connection. You know, we're talking about it, and we've enjoyed the series for the entire nine-issue run, but at the same time, we're still having trouble remembering which character is which one. Right. You know, and it's and you know, unless you're really going to focus on a specific one or two for a few issues, you can really kind of build that attachment. It's it's difficult when you have an ensemble cast to remember everybody, especially when you're reading multiple books a month. When there's like eight 
nine, ten, twelve bat books a month, and yeah. and let alone the fact that you never really see many of them out of their mask. It's like you don't get that human connection with them as far as being able to know what they look like. Yeah, I think with the exception of Clown Hunter, I can't remember seeing one out of their mask. No. I think uh, the, the big wolf guy the big dude, saw the big dude last show. The big dude, yeah. A couple of things. But, uh, but like other it hasn't been we haven't really seen them outside of their outside of their uniforms. No, and it just seems more focused on Clown Hunter and uh, Ghostmaker, and I don't trust I, either of these guys, man. Yeah, but I don't think you're supposed to. I, I just worry, and if, if you don't, do you have anything left on this? Because I'm just more worried. Uh, do you? Not really. Like it's it's a it's a solid book. It's one of the better books, in my opinion. But like, there is that that separation between the uh, the reader and the book. But that matters, though. That that. Yeah, but I, I don't know how many people like. I don't feel like this is definitely not one of the books that's gonna end up reaching fifty to hundred issues. Unfortunately. No. I I would like it to, but it's. I'm feeling twelve. It's got a, it's definitely got a finite it's got a finite run for sure. I'm feeling twelve at most on this one, man. And Yeah. But what really chased me before we started recording was when you realized like uh Jace is gone. Yeah, they uh they canceled I Am Batman with issue eighteen and like I for one was really enjoying that book. I thought it was really it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, somebody, it was a brand new Batman in a different city. And it was somebody that was, he had a family. He was building connections. Freaking, uh, you know, he was integrating into the, the new society. You know, we brought in Renee Montoya. There was a lot of really good stuff going on in that book. They made Renee so good. I want an action figure of her. Yeah. So it's freaking, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Right. I mean, it's know, a there are certain books that are going to, there are certain books that are going to reach over a hundred and they are few and far between this and this day and age. Yeah. But Jason, Jason never got pinned clean in the ring. You know what I'm saying? It, it was a wrestling issue. That's the flash. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. Those are so good. But you, yeah. you you get what I'm saying. J- Jason never got pinned clean in the ring. He never got cheated out of nothing. It was just over. Yeah. Screw you. All the money that you've invested in, in the past 18 issues. Uh, yeah, it's done. And, you know, we're doing the summer event coming up. And, you know, screw you. You know, thanks for stopping by. But everything you liked. Your favorite drink. We don't serve it no more. Um, you showed up with your friends to get your favorite drink, and we don't serve it no more. Yeah, we've got it in the back, but that's great. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's the nature of the beast right now. It's, it's kind of a little bit more instant gratification than it used to be as far as comic books go. If you're not winning, you're losing. If you're not cheating, so, you're I'm, not trying. Yeah, I don't know how that applies in this one, though. 
I just love seeing some cool. But yeah. it's, uh, that's all I got for this this uh, this week, man. This is a hearty week of good wrestling, good comics. Uh, freaking uh, had a couple of good W's. I'm glad that uh, you know uh, your insurance helped you settle that, and you're gonna get a new car. Um, but freaking yeah, one more thing out of the way. Yeah, well, Jesus, man. Walking outside and your car's gone. No. Sorry that happened to you, man, but I'm, I'm sure yeah, things are going to get better. And <laughs> get a better one. We'll move on, and we've got... Uh, uh, well, we uh, we were planning on doing this this, this issue, uh, navigating uh, Denver Fan Expo. We'll do that next week. Um, yeah, we got 19 days till it hits, so... Yeah. Yeah, we do. We've got some good plans for that, how to navigate, uh, who's going to be there, uh, who we're planning in... Uh, who we're planning to meet, who we're planning to, what we're planning to get signed or just acknowledged and have a good time. But uh, it's your turn if you don't have anything else. No, no, I'm good for the night, man. Freaking, this has been my feels. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. Buy the t shirts. Buy the shirts because freaking AEW doesn't sell them with their merch stand. No, they don't. We would have bought them. Idiots. We would have. <laughs> 